LaShonda, who do you hope is listening to this podcast episode? The greater East Texas people, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Tyler Loops Out of the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Jane Neal. And it probably made you afraid of dogs. (laughs) Oh, no, she didn't. (laughs) Sir, I heard you say grassy ass. Tyler will always be my home. Let's begin. My guest today is LaShonda Carter, but her friends call her Sunshine. She works in healthcare and rehabilitation. Originally from Liberty City, Texas, LaShonda has lived in Tyler for the past eight years. She loves to spend her free time fishing and hanging out with her three sons, Ivory, Daniel Jr., and Slade. LaShonda is proud of her large extended family, six sisters and two brothers with lots of nieces and nephews, and says when they get together, it gets loud, very loud. She is grateful for her best friend, Daniel Carter Sr., LaShonda, welcome. Thank you, Jane. I'm so glad you're with us. Let's take a listen to your story. Presented at the inaugural season of Out of the Loop at Liberty Theater in April 2019. Hello, my name is LaShonda Carter. Before I can tell you my story, I'd like to tell you that I struggle with anxiety. I might call for backup and I would ask that you please be patient with me because I have to tell you my story about my son, Ivory Malden. He's 26 years old. Ivory's bright. He loves to DJ. He loves to write music. He's um, just a wonderful son. Ivory moved to Miami Beach, Florida a couple of months ago. He found a place to live and he found work. On November 13th, on his way to work, He had a stroke. He was taken to Mount Sinai Emergency Room in Florida. He called me later that day to tell me that he had a stroke and was suffering from heart failure. I said, I was like heart failure. You're 26 years old. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Over the next few days, he had, you know, test after test and I got a call from a doctor, and they told me that he needed a heart transplant. His heart was functioning like an 80-year-old. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I was in the back working at La Madeline, making quiche. I fell to the ground. My heart started racing, and I started to cry out, God help him. I had to leave work. I believe it was on a Monday. I had just gotten paid. I had a little money. I didn't think twice. I knew I had to go to Miami Beach. My son, Daniel Jr., he stayed behind to work and take care of the house. My eight-year-old son, Slade, and I began to drive. On our 23-hour drive, we received many calls and updates. One call was different from all the rest. They were, the doctor was calling me to ask to give them permission to give Ivory a blood transfusion. I knew something was wrong. I was worried. I told Ivory to hang in there, to be strong, that I was on my way. And they didn't tell me because I was driving, but they were losing him. We 
when we, me and Slade made it, we received all the updates and we were relieved to be there. I wish I could say it was over, but it was just the beginning. Ivory had to go, his, his kidneys and liver was failing. He had to go on dialysis. He was getting his blood taken every four hours. He is like 135 to 140 pounds. He was swollen up to 205 pounds and he was, it was just all fluids. I tried not to let him see me cry. That's why I'm glad I brought Slade along. He heard me telling Ivory so many times to hang in there and to be strong. He had started to tell me the same thing. Slade and I, we stayed in hotels when we had money. And when we were low on money, we stayed in my, we slept in my truck in the parking garage at Mount Sinai. We slept in the truck. We would get up and brush our teeth, go in the hospital and wash our face and begin our day. And Slade never complained. Miami Beach is very expensive, but we were surviving. Days and weeks went by and Ivory was getting better. Um, Slade was not allowed in the intensive care unit, but there were families there that kept him, you know, company while I was in there with Ivory and he was getting stronger. But God put strangers there to look after my son as I was watching after Ivory as he was slowly getting better. Ivory's dad, Daniel Sr., traded places with me because I had to get Slade back to school. Two weeks later, it was November the 14th through December the 23rd. Ivory had been in the hospital. It was a cold day, two days before Christmas. It was meant to be a surprise, but I had a dream that Ivory was coming back. Um, I had When he walked through the door, I hugged him and I cried out, God, thank you for bringing him home. Uh, I hugged him gentle because he had a port in his neck and he still had j stitches there. It was the best Christmas ever. When one, with one phone call away, my life changed and I knew that I had to be there and put my life on hold and, you know, just be there for my son. Knowing that Ivory needed and needs, still needs a heart transfusion is very, a heart transplant is very hard. I lost my job. I'm behind on finances. I have to thank Dale Purdy for not putting us out of our house. Kelly Credit Union for um, not taking my truck and PATH for helping with rent. I have Ivory have tried going through Medicaid and uh, he's been denied insurance, healthcare.gov. Um, he needs to be, he needs to have insurance to get on the heart transplant list. Tyler is huge. It has two medical centers and it has a thousands, thousands of staffs, but not everyone gets what they want, what they need. My prayer is that Ivory gets on the heart, gets insurance and gets on the heart transplant list and, you know, he can go through with his surgery and everything. It's hard, but I'm, we're staying hopeful. I like to thank my family, Daniel Sr., Mount Sinai, UT Health Center, 
Tyler Family Circle of Care. They're helping people that don't have insurance. And um, we are staying strong. My friends call me Sunshine. That's my hope for Ivory, that the light will shine in, in in this situation on him. Ivory, please stand. Thank you. So, Shonda, what we want to know now, two years later, is how is Ivory doing? What has happened for him and for you since you told that story? Well, he is doing good. He is very strong and he's pulling through and... Any updates about his chances of getting a transplant? Well, right now, the the good thing is, as we have waited for two years for him to get his insurance, and next month, he will be getting his insurance. So we're going to be, you know, going and getting an EKG at first, and then we will see about getting him on the uh, transplant list. Wonderful. Yes. So- You can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. Once he's insured next month, then he can get on that wait list. Yes, that is correct. Great. You begin your story by telling us that you struggle with anxiety, like so many people do. How did you manage to take the stage alone under those bright lights and tell your story to 300 people? First of all, I knew I had my back up close. (laughs) And, you know, I just knew I had to get it out and try to let people know, you know, everything that I was going through with my son and my family. It was amazing to go ahead and get it out. And I know I struggle with anxiety, but I just need to let people know about my son. And I hope that it would touch someone, which it did. Yeah. From the moment I met you, LaShonda, it was always this sense that Ivory was driving you to do these things that you would never just do on your own. Coming to me, telling me you had a story, working on it, and then at the end, getting up in front of people. Right. What response did you get from people after the show? After the show... A lady from PATH came up to me, and she was um, excited and glad that they were able to help me and my family. People came up to me, and they did say that I touched them and that they were proud of me that, that I stood up and could get my story out. Was there anyone special you hoped was in the audience to hear your story? Yes, I would hope that a doctor was there and maybe they had some power that they could tell somebody. That way my son could already have had a chance to get on the list for a heart. Yeah, and that didn't happen. This has been a much slower process with a whole year of pandemic in between. Yes, it's been a really uh, long pandemic. It's just been waiting and just waiting for the insurance to kick in. And now next month, the insurance will be kicking in in May. And we will get the EKG 
is the first step. And then we will, you know, just go from there. Yeah. To be, to put him on the list. Yeah. What challenges does Ivory still have to face? Ivory, he's a strong guy. Ever since he was little, he was premature. And he just was always a little boy, but he would always seem to be bigger or older than what he actually was because Mm -hmm. of the way he carried himself. He's facing the fact that he is not able to do a lot of things right now. He can't work because he is not able to lift over 10 pounds. He has to take quite a bit of medicine that's getting him through. You know, he feels really bad about it, and he just wants to be able to do just an everyday little task as far as, you know, helping bring groceries in the house. But with his condition, he is unable to do that. It causes some frustration. It does, and he feels really bad because, you know, he's the man of the house. I'm a single mom, and I, I work and do a lot of other things to provide and everything, but he is just not able to just bring in the groceries or just carry a 24-pack of water because of the weight. He gets down on himself about it, but, you know, I just tell him that it's okay. But he does help with Slade. He homeschooled him, so he was able to do that, and he was really proud to do things like that. You know, I'm remembering in your story, the whole reason Ivory went to Miami Beach was to try to launch a music career. Yes. Is he able to continue doing some of that? That is one of the things that's keeping him going. He loves his music. He loves to express himself with his music. He is uh, quantum with three M's. And, you know, he just, he really wants to make it on and with his music. And I just always tell him, just keep trying. Someone out there maybe could hear him and they could just know that he's the one. When I was in the audience that night, I could hear a lot of reactions around me. And I noticed some people were really shocked to hear that you and Slade, your youngest son, stayed in your truck when you were with Ivory at Mount Sinai Hospital when the money for a hotel room ran out. Mm -hmm. What do you wish those people understood? I just wish that they understood that I'm like a mama bear. You know, it's I'm wanting to protect and do what I have to do for my, you know, son to to when it's time to do something I needed to step up I didn't realize that I was as strong as I was until I did that and I just want people to know that whenever you uh, have to do something you just stay prayed up and God will see you through you can get through because it's your kid it's your family and you know that you have to find you have to keep striving and going up until you do what you need to do. Yeah. Now, Shonda, had you already had experiences where you had stayed in your truck overnight? No, I've never experienced that. It was just the first time. And, like, when I got the word, like, on my way to Florida, you know, the doctors called me and they told me that Ivory, either he had to get the transfusion or he was going to die 
and I just gave him the word to go ahead and do it. I had to get there, and I had to be there with him because I knew it was very serious at that time. You know, being a single mom, I have struggled, but I haven't had to go as far as sleeping in the truck or anything like that. But I did do what I had to do at the time because I had to be there. What were those nights like in that truck? There was a lot of restless nights because, you know, I couldn't sleep the whole night because it's like you just worry about things. I didn't know if someone was going to come and or if someone was watching us or anything. I, you hear about all these stories and everything. And me and Slade, we talked and he was my rock and he saw me through a lot of nights. Mm with him being there, mm-hmm. you know, but it was scary. What has Ivory's journey taught you about two things, healthcare in East Texas and about life? Well, as far as healthcare, there are people out there, they can help you, like the circle of care has helped him. They've been helping him all these time, all this time. But there's lists that you have to get on. Yeah, like charitable clinics, Bethesda or something like that. There's lists and then you could get on that list and they may be able to help you with medicine and dentists and things like that. But I don't know if they're able to help my son get a heart. Right. And then what has it taught you about life? It's taught me that I am a stronger person. I do have doubt. I didn't know because I have three boys if I was raising them right. And, you know, it's taught me that I'm a stronger person now because if I can go and drive 26 hours straight, Mm. sleep in my truck, get up and not have rested and just be there for my son and made me, you know, feel like I am a good mom. So I just want everybody to know that. (laughs) You really came through as a parent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What else is important that hasn't come up yet? Anything you want people to know? I just want everybody to know that East Texas... Tyler is a great place to be. I mean, we are here, and we could have been anywhere else in the world, but we're here in East Texas, and I do know they do have some good places, doctors and clinics, pharmacies, everything. I just would hope that there comes a time when people that cannot get health care the list, you know, you just got to wait so long. I don't know why you even have to wait two years. Who's to say if anybody has two years or that long? It scares me every day because I just think about it. And I just pray that he continues to be a strong man Hmm. that he is. I'm really thrilled to hear the update. I'm cautiously optimistic that This is all going to transpire. Ivory will get insurance, get on the list, get a heart transplant that he needs, and this will be a happily ever after story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it with us, LaShonda. Yes, thank you. (laughs) 
The Out of the Loop podcast was recorded at the Innovation Pipeline in downtown Tyler by Preston Hutto, with technical support from Neil Katz and Leah Wansley. Music is provided by the Tyler, Texas duo Gypsum and the Travelers. Out of the Loop is a production of The Tyler Loop, a nonprofit news and culture magazine and storytelling platform for Tyler and East Texas. We run on memberships from informed, engaged residents like you who value in-depth, inclusive reporting. Check us out at thetylerloop.com. Thank you.